Welcome to planetmullins.com. And welcome everybody. Ta-ta-la-da. It's a new episode of Planet Mullins Podcast. We're in season two now. It's going by quick. This is, uh, I think, my 32nd episode, and my guest today is a very accomplished, fantastic uh, musician, and he's a scientist, too. Please say hello to Mr. Samir Bodhi, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, Rob. Good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, it's good. I, uh, I'm i happy to see your smiling face. All the way we've done so far is just talk on the telephone and emails, but uh, I like the hat and the room and everything. You're looking good, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, all right, so let's get right down to business. You have a, a brand new album. It's called Stairway to Nirvana. And um, I have a wide range of ages of people that watch my show. So for the people that are the younger ones, they only know that Nirvana was a rock band from the 90s. Then maybe you can explain. All right. So uh, the idea behind the album was uh, conceived around 2019, well before the pandemic. Okay. And... uh, what I was going through personally at that time is a couple of things. One, uh, you know, not being too political, but the last administration was creating scenarios where, you know, me being an immigrant and immigrants were not being treated well. And I was like, that's not fair. That's not good. Right? We work hard. And at the same time, there was a lot of uncertainty and there was a lack of peace throughout the world that I was witnessing. And of course, at that time, I had absolutely no idea that we would be entering a pandemic in 2020. Wow, right. Sure. Go ahead. So I wanted to create a new age album with music and tracks that would bring peace and harmony and calmness, meditation, mindfulness. That was the main idea. So I started talking to some of my musician friends back in India. The idea was to keep the essence of Indian classical music Okay. But arrange it in a much more westernized fashion. So, so I started telling them about my ideas and my concepts. Then we got to write some of the tracks. And then, of course, uh, we recorded in 2020 of January. Okay. The mixing happened. Uh, and, and then in March, everything shut down. Pandemic right. happened. So the mixing and all that was done during the lockdown. Okay. But uh, the album name also, I had it very much in the early stages. I wanted to call it Stairway to Nirvana, which is like I, I was viewing it as, you know, one has to take these small steps until you reach that enlightenment. Okay. And uh, the enlightenment, of course, is that empathy is important. Caring for others is important and all across global peace. So, so Stairway to Nirvana is just an attempt to do that. It's my debut New Age album. Okay. Uh, prior to this, of course, I have been doing a lot of uh, Bollywood pop music compositions. Uh, my, wow. my wife is a well-known Bollywood singer, so I've done wow. a lot of music compositions for her. Uh, but the New Age album, the New Age reason why I went New Age is that, you know, I, I found myself comfortable in bringing uh, the meditative feeling into the music. And I wanted to also work with Indian ragas. So it was a blend of both of those things. Great. Uh, I'm a very big fan of jazz music. I love jazz music. So one of the tracks, actually, if you have listened, Harmony, you'll get a feel of jazz in that. But the other ones, of course, I would say it's much more 
peaceful. Uh, tell people what a raga is, because I know some people uh, know what that is and other people don't have any idea. What is a raga? Right. So, so in Indian classical music, uh, you know, it is composed of uh, 12 notes, you know, seven uh, perfect notes, and then you have the minors and the, and the flats and sharps. Okay. Now, there are structures in which you can use a certain combination of notes in the ascending and the descending pattern, and that is called a raga. So basically, the ragas were uh, probably designed in the 700 or 800 AD, long, long time back. Wow. And there is a associated time. So there are morning ragas, there are late night ragas, evening ragas. And when you sing those ragas during those times, there's an ambience that gets created. Uh-huh. And um, every raga is unique. Every raga has its own ascending and descending pattern. And uh, so I, I use quite a bit of that in, in, in some of the compositions here. That's really cool, man. I um, uh, had the good fortune to travel to India to play with a flute player named Hubert Laws. And we... Uh, spent a week in Bangalore. I know you recorded up in Mumbai, right? Right, in, in Calcutta and in Mumbai, both places, yeah. Yeah, so I I also should tell you that my favorite restaurant in all of Los Angeles is called Akbar Indian Restaurant. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> we, we have to go eat there. If you're ever on the west side, man. Sure, sure. We have to uh, go there, eat there. Are, there are some other good ones, too, that I'll take you to. Okay, yeah, there are some really good ones too. Yeah, yeah. You probably well, you, you mentioned uh, flute. You know, I'm, I'm happy to say that the flute in in my album was played by Rakesh Chaurasia, who undoubtedly is the number one flute player in India right now. Wow, he's a fabulous. So, what run down the instrumentation, the, the basic instrumentation? Like, what instrument do you play on the album? Okay, so I I usually play two 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 instruments. You know, I play the guitar, which is my first instrument, and I also play the keyboard. Okay. Uh, in the album, we have used uh, a number of ethnic instruments, starting with the sarod, uh, which uh, most people are familiar with the sitar, which has right. a slightly high pitch shrill sound. The sarod is a string instrument that has a deeper sound. It's it's much more you know uh, lower note kind of sound. Okay. I, I I really love the sarod. The person who made sarod famous is uh, Ali Akbar Khan, and you may have heard about him. He has a big school. He had a big school in Northern California. Yeah. He passed away a few years back. So sarod is there, and then uh, of course a lot of guitar. There is uh, a lot of percussion instruments, including tabla and khol. A coal is a very big round kind of drum. It has a very unique sound. Mm-hmm. And then one other string instrument we have used is uh, the sarangi, which is a string instrument uh, that is very difficult to play, actually, you know. Uh, and uh, sarangi, uh, the word sarangi means 100 sounds. So, yeah. and, and when you listen to it from a distance, it almost feels like a woman is crying. It has that wow. kind of tonality. Okay. Uh, there is, of course, the flute that Rakesh has played. We have used a little bit of keyboards here and there. Uh, but mainly, every track is live recording with live musicians, everybody in the studio. So it was a phenomenal experience to be with them for three full days in the studio. Wow. We did, uh, the five tracks, yeah. Wow. So, um, so this thing, Stairway to Nirvana, is, I guess it would fall into the category of an EP or extended play or something like that? 
Uh, it is an EP. Yeah, the total we have. Yeah, we have five tracks. Uh, the total duration is about twenty-five minutes, so it okay. would be an EP. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, people, go out there and uh, pick up your copy of Stairway to Nirvana because if you can find Nirvana in twenty-five minutes, you're going to be ahead of almost everyone. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I was lucky to get some awesome reviews, and some of the reviewers did say that after listening to the album, they felt like that. So I was happy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and of course, as you mentioned, you know, I'll I'll tell all your listeners that the hard copy, of course, can be obtained from Amazon. Okay. Uh, but these days, not too many people buy albums; they download and stream. Right. But I still would recommend if you are a fan of new age music. Buy the CD because you know it's a six-pack digipack. You know we have lots of good inlay artwork. Ooh, nice. I think I, I miss those things these days when we go streaming digital. But yeah. of course, it's available in Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Amazon, everywhere. Yeah. Well, I just recently, about uh, two weeks ago, put out my latest album, and I definitely made CDs because I feel exactly like you do. I. You know, I love having the, you can open it, you've got the shrink wrap, you can look on the inside and see the people and you get the pictures. You know, I'm not really a fan of some of these modern world things, especially the transition of, you know, the uh, streaming services all push singles all the time and they never push albums anymore. Correct. Yeah, so that really bothers me because I've done a lot of music. So I'll go on Spotify and on uh, Spotify, it'll have one of my jazz fusion songs and it'll be followed by like a new age piano piece. And then it'll be some rock and roll that I did. I can see people could get really confused. So I'm always having to say I do it the way Samir does it. I do a whole album as a concept. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the tracks are sequential. There's a reasoning behind it and mm -hmm. uh, everything is linked. So you get the whole feel. And, and honestly, as you mentioned, you know, uh, going back when I was uh, young and I was being born and raised in India, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, uh, it wasn't that easy to even get hold of albums. But when we did get one, for example, you know, I had uh, Pink Floyd's album, you know, Wall and Dark Side of the Moon and, and uh -huh. some of Beatles album. I remember like I would pour myself into the album artwork and look at the pictures, read the in the in liner notes and everything. And it was a complete different experience that I think uh, the kids these days probably are not getting it from Spotify. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I see from time to time uh, these little spurts like vinyl is selling again and CDs are selling again. But it's uh, I think that during the times that you and I were growing up, it was kind of a golden age of music and recording because there weren't so many artists like now there's just way too many artists, yeah. you know I mean? And, and um, I'm not saying that that's necessarily terrible, but there people are flooded with so much material coming at them all the time that I think it's easier for them to just kind of say, oh, well, music is just background for me taking my selfies now. And uh, I don't really, you know, sit and listen. Like what I used to do is I would take the album, I'd read everything, and then I would lay down and turn out the lights and I would listen to the whole album. Yeah. And that would be, as a teenager, that would be what I would do for an evening. And I thought it was great. And now it's just kind of with the, 
technology and all that, it's just not the same at all. <laughs> and I think, you know, uh, most people are listening to music on their smartphones, which probably isn't the best output anyway. Uh, talking about recording, though, I do want to mention that uh, Stairway to Nirvana, you know, was mixed by a, a person in Mumbai called Bishwadi Chatterjee, uh, who is a national award winner. He, he's received numerous awards for his mixing work. He does mainly for films. Okay. But he also sometimes does individual albums. So I was very, very fortunate and lucky to get him on board. Uh, and he readily agreed to do this mixing for us. And when you listen to the tracks, you, you can see that the mixing is really, really well done. Yeah, the the sonic quality of the album is, is really great. So um, real quickly, I want to just kind of uh, go through some of the milestones in your life, like important things that happen, uh, maybe when you left India for the first time and came to America or how you balance all this amazing scientific stuff you do. That's insane. Though you can talk about any of that stuff you want, go right ahead. Yeah. So very quick snapshot, uh, growing up in India, I uh, started learning the guitar and uh, I was learning under a person who was very well connected with the studios. So even when I was in ninth or 10th grade, he would take me around to the studios. I would do some recording stuff. So I got into recording at that age. Nice. But uh, parallelly, uh, I was very good in studies. I was a very bright student. And there was a moment in my life when I finished high school, there was a choice, which is I got in admission into one of the top engineering institutes. Okay. And my parents, especially my mom, definitely wanted me to be an engineer. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there were pressures from a lot of well-known singers who were approaching me to play in their band. Wow. Uh, and uh, so I did not choose to become a professional musician right away then. Uh -huh. so I, I decided, okay, let me do my studies and got into engineering. But when I went to engineering college, I formed my first band. Okay. And, and uh, believe it or not, it was a Western band. So we used to do Western songs. Wow. So uh, very big fan of, you know, Eagles and, and Pink Floyd. And we used to do Elvis numbers. And, wow. <laughs> and back then, you know, very big hits were Lionel Richie. So we used to do those songs. And so college was all about, you know, playing guitar and, and playing the Western stuff. And then, uh, you know, again, my, my coming to America was accidental. Uh, wasn't really planning for it, but I took the GRE, got a good score, and I applied to a few schools, got a scholarship. So I said, hey, I'll, I'll come to America, get a master's degree, and come back. You know, But that never happened. You know? oh. so, so as they say, you fall into the N plus two syndrome, where you know after N years in the US, you would say, two more years, and then I'll go back. And that <laughs> never happened, so now it's 32 years. Uh, the other thing is that um, while in college, of course, I, I met my wife uh, and she is a full-time singer and now a music teacher performer. Yeah. And uh, we started doing a lot of shows in America while even when I was in graduate school. Wow. So we used to perform in college festivals and, and, you know, people would invite us to their homes and so on. So we used to do mainly Indian songs, Bollywood and, and Guzzles. But one major turning point that happened was um, there uh, was a very famous uh, singer, gazal singer from Bollywood and Mumbai called Jagjit Singh. And if you Google him, you will find him. He's like a phenomenal singer. Uh, and uh, he was touring when his band had already left and he was in Florida for a week's holiday. And he was staying at a person's house who knew me. And suddenly the, in Orlando, there was a concert arranged uh, within a few days notice. And that person called me and said, Samir, you have to play the guitar with Jagjit Singh. I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I might know five of his songs, but a concert is like 25 songs, right? 
but i went to his home i met jagjit singh and i you know i i i'm mean, i'm a huge fan of this person and right, i'm right, sure. year old and he was very encouraging and I, i i think that was my best concert ever and it was wow. 2000 people audience completely packed it was jagjit singh on the harmonium which is like a accordion mu- music and i was on the guitar and there was a tabla player no one else just three musicians yeah. and uh, two and a half hour concert sold out it was beautiful and after that he told me that samir music is in your blood you should never leave it so it was an inspirational moment from coming from such a big star you know who right. could feel, who could fill an auditorium of 2000 capacity in 3 days you can imagine the yeah, movie incredible. and he he told the same thing to my wife he said you have a beautiful voice you guys should do music more so from that day onwards we decided okay you're going to do this much more seriously and i'm talking about 1990 now right and since wow. then we started doing stuff and after that you know i've been uh, composing and and we have been we have published uh, five albums for my wife various genres but mainly indian Okay. and one other thing that i would say that led to my attempt to do new age uh, is this so a lot of my our friends you know people who have heard my wife they would say uh, you you sing so beautifully why don't you do go and do film music in mumbai right which is the bollywood film music right and all right independent music is film music is very big in india mm. so so we went we went and we spent some days in mumbai and we were in a studio there was a director who came and and he heard one of the songs we were recording and he made a comment which was very interesting he said you have a fabulous voice but the issue is that you are not here you are in los angeles Wow. and the way it works is that you know our films are within like 24 hours i may need a song to be done and i will not be able to find you right so that thing kind of stuck in me like okay we are not there so then i started thinking where are we we are in los angeles so mm-hmm. i started thinking how can i then cross over and reach the wider western audience with some of the indian background that i have okay and that's eventually led to my debut new age album share with nirvana where this is something you know everybody here would listen to but the bollywood music of course some people listen to but because it is language based a lot of people right. may not be able to follow so that's how i i ventured into into this wow uh, that's, a, that's amazing man well, i um, you know as a music teacher here in america too i have had some students that uh, come from india and some from china and some from korea japan and germany and things like that but there has always been for many years here among young people like college age people they love bollywood mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. if they don't understand what it is like they're completely attracted to i sure. think their first attraction to it since young people are so video oriented is just the videos are insane They're like insane. I mean they're insane yeah <laughs> where do they, they spend they spend so much money i mean many of the bollywood movies would have song and dance there would be five or eight songs right right each of those songs are so very well choreographed there is massive sets there is so much of dress and costume uh, it's it's an extravagant thing you know and that's why it's so big it's visually very rich and appealing yeah, it's un- unbelievable i mean i remember when i first saw my first bollywood stuff i was like well there's like 800 people on a mountain top and then there's <laughs> like one guy with a thousand uh, goats or something on the other mountain top and they're all coming into the valley and it sounds great and they're it's like the EDM beats or something it's the wildest stuff ever man it is it is yeah it it's is. crazy well let's touch a little bit uh 
on some of your scientific things because now I now that you've explained it, your connection between music and your intellectual pursuits, I understand the album a lot better. But I want to go to one particular line in your bio and um, just see if you can help me understand this because it's crazy. It says, Samir's array of achievements in academia include being professor, professor and Fletcher Jones Chair of Design Technology and Management at CGU's Center for Informational Systems and Technology and serving as Adjunct Professor of Design and Innovation at the USC Jamia Iovine and Andre Young Academy for the Arts. And now I want to pass out because I didn't have enough air to even say all that. <laughs> yes, that right, so I, I will break it up for you. First of all, you know, I, I have a PhD in computer science. And uh, okay, my research uh, really is uh, very much in healthcare IT or health innovations. Okay. So I, I design technologies that include sensors and mobile applications and ambience and all that. But our context is coming from the healthcare. So we are working with heart failure patients, diabetes patients, and so on. Mm -hmm. So, so in, in that milieu, you know, what I also do is I have been fortunate enough to develop a methodology called design science, which in, in our information systems academic community is now a well-known research method. Okay. And it kind of draws from design thinking where you start with the problem and you understand the problem very well. And then you go through a lot of brainstorming and iterations to come up with some viable solution. And then you evaluate the solution to see whether you have solved the problem and whether it's an efficient solution or not, right? Okay. So this is a methodology that you can apply to problems from healthcare, problems from environment, problems in society. And so I have a lab in Claremont where wow. uh, I, work, I work with a lot of PhD students and they're working on numerous different kinds of problems. Uh, we, we are, of course, doing a lot of AI and machine learning these days. Wow, cool. The data, you can do predictive modeling. You can predict somebody will have a heart attack. Now, those are the kind of problems we're working on. And, and what I think uh, design thinking, the way I go about doing my research and solving these problems, uh, in some way has also found itself into my music creation. You know, so I, I, I do think about, like, I, I try to envision you know, the, the place where this instrument might be played and try to kind of draw the empathy of understanding how a musician would play this. So when you hear in the tracks, the call, which is the drum that is being played in the Nirvana track, which is the right. last track in the album, uh -huh. Uh -huh. it, 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 it uh, emanates uh, rural Bengal, which is the state from where I come from in India. Wow. And if you go to those rural villages, you will hear that sound being played by people, you know. So right. I, I kind Beautiful. of do some of that also. Uh, so, of course, yeah. And then uh, you mentioned the USC. So last three and a half years, I have been an adjunct uh, uh, in a very interesting new entrepreneurship and design and innovation school, which actually has been funded by two music moguls. Right. Know, Jimmy Iovine, you know, of course, you know who he is. And uh, Andre Young is none other than Dr. Dre. Okay. So when they made the beat speaker that was acquired by Apple, Right. Uh, they actually said that they were trying to recruit people who understood engineering and music and didn't find because two groups of people were speaking two different languages. Right. So they funded this school at USC so that people would understand the art and musical requirements and yet would understand technology. 
and would have a good sense of business innovation. How cool. This is an undergrad program. Yeah. And I was hired by the dean to uh, help them launch their health innovation programs. So that's what I was doing. Yeah. And, and I was lucky enough to meet uh, both uh, Jimmy Iovine and Andre Young and Dr. Dre a couple of times. Uh, Jimmy always speaks. Uh, Dr. Dre never speaks. He's a very quiet <laughs> He probably doesn't have to say anything because he's so busy counting all that money. Probably both of them are. <laughs> I mean, those guys yeah, made yeah. a lot of money. I I uh, taught college briefly out in Fullerton, and one of the things that was a gift to the school is that Beats had given a whole bunch of sets of those headphones to the college, and um, you know, predictably, I found the base, the bottom end. There was too much bass in there. And um, I I favor a different kind of headphones. But the thing that that was impressive is they just looked amazing. Like the design of them was really spectacular. And, and, and that's where the school is focused on, you know, design, you know, something that has a appeal to the customer. And at the same time, there is utility, there's ease of convenience. Right. So the students are learning a lot of different, uh, you know, techniques and skills and and. and you know, tools that they use to, to design things. And that, that's why uh, I, I, I was uh, lucky enough to be involved in, in the very early stages of the school. It's now six years, I think. Okay. It's continuing on, so it's pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know, being a guy that uh, grew up in Ontario, California, not far from you, I would like uh, an AI app that would tell me how long is the line at the nearest In-N-Out Burger. Uh, that's, that's the first thing that I would like to, for you guys to work on. If you ever work on something, just find me an in and out where it's not going to take me two hours. That's a great problem to solve, but I think it's kind of done. I'm not sure why they haven't done it. The in and out should have an app of their own. They should they have should something that's going to fix that. So, well, anyway, man, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a very interesting guest and, uh, if people wanted to contact you now, I know your website is samirbodhi.com and you're also on Facebook and uh, how, uh, where else can people reach you? What's the best way to reach you? Um, I'm also uh, in Twitter. It's, it's, it's at Samir Bodhi. Okay. And uh, I'm also on, uh, where else? I'm on LinkedIn, but that's under my, my professional name, which is uh, Samir Chatterjee. Okay. But uh, you can look me up on Facebook. Nice. Yeah. And my website. Yeah, that's so perfect, man. Well, it's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure, sir. I love the album. I hope it just does really well for you. And um, looking forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you, Rob. This was a pleasure. And I hope to meet you soon one of these days. And we'll eat at that Akbar restaurant or maybe another restaurant. <laughs> well, we'll definitely eat at Akbar. And then we have to eat at Vince's. Okay. spaghetti because yes. i know there's one in rancho cucamonga by you then the original in ontario so okay folks that's going to be it for tonight's show thanks again for tuning in my guest was samir Bodhi. the new album is called stairway to nirvana please go online and check it out and uh for all you people that are old like me buy a cd man you won't regret it okay that's it for now bye-bye everybody